Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I was involved in a mom's group at our church. Just a couple of women each time, led by a nun a little on the serious side. There were no thrills, no frills. We looked at what the reading would be for the next week and Sister Joanne would ask probing questions to pry words out of our modest little mouths. We mostly sat around looking at our hands, silently begging for someone to please just offer something. Because my threshold for awkward is below sea level, it was always me the hyper-friendly convert, driveling on and on, and I left annoyed with myself week after week, feeling like I'd probably talked too much. One day, Sister Joanne asked us to begin our lesson by closing our eyes and taking a few deep breaths. A little uncomfortable in such a small group, but Sister Joanne seemed to have no trouble with the artlessness of dragging people along. On our first big inhale, she said, Breathe God in. And on our exhale, she said to breathe love out. Over and over, she said it, breathe God in, breathe love out. And just like that, through several inhalations and exhalations, our stiff group sat there experiencing God together as easy as the air we breathed. There was something about remembering our most basic function side by side, practicing it in rhythm that made me want to reach for my neighbor's hand rest my palm on her knee. We filled our lungs and forgot our hesitation. Cheerful and willing, we went about our reading for that day. No one got a lobotomy or anything. I mean, we were still us, but on the spectrum of silent, awkward, painful, our time together was much less scarring. It was nice. The breathing seemed to loosen something locked between us. Why? Because we shared something simple? I couldn't be sure. I was reminded of the yoga classes I have taken over the years, the ins and the outs, the oddity of experiencing solitude right next to another, and by God, the magic of oxygen. Without moving a muscle, I'd found myself practicing yoga that morning with Sister Joanne and my shame-faced sisters. I'd practiced yoga before and used it as my own personal prayer space, but that day with Sister Joanne gave me an idea. What if... Instead of a nameless, intentionally vague yoga class, what if Jesus was actively celebrated throughout a class with scripture, meditation, breathing, music, prayer, stillness, community, and worshiping through our moving bodies that house his spirit? Yes, please. Christian yoga. My excitement led me to yoga school where I got my certifications. Then, naively, I called around and dropped by churches and with my brightest smile asked if there was room that they could spare one night a week to house a few searchers while we practiced Christ-centered yoga. The initial responses were different, but the end result was always the same. A quick and easy no. When church employees were trying to be polite, they would let me know they already had an exercise program and then stare at me with a fixed smile until I was all the way out the door and headed to my car. When they weren't trying to be polite, they would say that they weren't sure that yoga wasn't from the devil. 
With the first and second and third rejection, I gracefully accepted our differences and left with hope for the courageous, open mind of the next church. But with each rejection spreading my hope more and more thin, I felt the growing desire to defend myself in those potpourri offices. It was exasperation and hopelessness that led to this conversation. After I explained my desires, a thin, well-dressed, perfectly bobbed, middle-aged lady in navy pumps at the helm of her oversized desk said this, Are you aware that yoga has Hindu roots? I am, I said. Are you aware that those people use yoga to pray to their gods? I am, I said. She raised her eyebrows to say, Well? Well, I said, I think that worship is intentional. And I don't think that anyone in my class would accidentally become a Hindu, if that's what you mean. Hmm, she said. So you think it's okay to pray the exact same way that a Hindu prays? Hmm, I said. More so, I believe that time seeking communion with God is covered, protected. You know, the whole we're two or more gather thing. Our hearts are fixed on him and our motives are pure. And to think that God doesn't honor that, well, it's just not the God I know. Well, she said, I guess I'm not sure how well you know God, since you aren't at all cautious. This seems reckless. Oh, I said, yeah? Well, I'm not sure how well you know God, since you aren't at all open, you know, to a physical moving prayer, when it's God who came up with the magic of our bodies and what makes them healthy and the science of oxygen and carbon dioxide, stretching, breathing, and the beauty of great music. I'm not sure how well you know God, since you can't even take one little step outside of the silk-flowered office space. And by the way, Hindus, they pray by kneeling too. Should we quit doing it? They pray by chanting and singing. Should we quit doing that too? Gregorian monks have been chanting for centuries. Jesus, why are people such jerks? I didn't know if one single thing I said was true, but I was emotional enough to yell it all. And then she, staring directly over my shoulder at my car's back wheel, crossing the white line of my parking spot nonchalantly and smiling tight, said, Oh yeah, I'm a jerk? Well, you parked like a jerk. You can go now. The answer's no. She was calm and cool and certain, and I was frantic and desperate and pissed. And there we were, two people following the same God, cussing each other out in our heads, her for my mindlessness and me for her heartlessness. I'm embarrassed to admit to this verbal combat in the office of a church I really am, but the dark truth is that it happens in my head all the time. Other Christians drive me crazy. All day. Every day. Not even for very good reasons. They just annoy me. And the people who annoy me the most are the people who are annoyed by other people. I know, God has a rich sense of humor. The people on the receiving end of my judgment are the judgmental. The feminist angry that my church doesn't ordain women the way her perfect church does. The cynic making fun of the crafty mom who brings in creative decorations and treats to Sunday school. The conservative Catholic questioning the holiness of the Pope because he leans towards mercy rather than judgment. Or the haughty priest making fun of Joel Osteen, because he is the way he is. 
I slap my forehead at the mall, grit my teeth in their direction, and roll my eyes at all of the other eye rollers, and then just join a large crowd of people connected by hate. And then we stare at each other dumbfounded that church membership is declining. As a sister, I stay at the throat of my brother and speak harshly against him for not holding my conviction. And I find it quite all right to bang my head because I cannot fathom how someone could disagree with me. Yearning for a place to stand where I am the most right. I hang out in my smallest concentric circle and tisk-tisk at those in larger circles surrounding me. If only they could be a little more right. Just a little closer to center. But the truth is that Jesus died for people who killed him and I'm rolling my eyes at people who disagree with me. Can we just let that hang for a second? In an attempt to combat my cynicism, I'm trying to focus on this. We all share something simple. Just like that small, sheepish circle of women being led by a nun to reduce our awkwardness, simply inhaling and exhaling in unison, finding something sacred in the oxygen we breathe, I've decided to strip it down to the most elemental of connections, and that is, we are all children of God. All of us. Just children. With our own desires and gifts and needs and bruises and bullies and big, big dreams. Children where the world is confusing and nothing fits quite right and things are always sticky and we're scared. Children. Picturing us together as children, it is helping. We're told that unity and love between members will be the hallmark of legitimate discipleship. And Jesus goes so far as to call it a new commandment. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. These words were spoken in the upper room. Jesus wasn't speaking to the masses. He was speaking to those closest to him, the apostles. We will not be recognized as Christians by our t-shirts or playlists or beards or glass water bottles. We will not be known by our doctrines or our interpretations of scripture or our positions on infant baptism or our end times theologies. We will be known by our love. We all believe that Jesus came and Jesus died and Jesus rose again. And the source of unity, of course, is Jesus and all of the other matters, even if they're important, need to be scaled down to their proper proportion. In focusing my eager energies on divisive matters, I take my eyes off the magnitude of Jesus' love for every last one of us, his children. Taking up our causes with people who disagree with us and extending kindness only to those who can fit inside the smallest circle, there's nothing supernatural about that. But kindness, in the midst of disagreeing, stripping down to the most basic thing that connects us, the air we breathe and the sister and brotherhood we share, despite two opposite tightly held convictions, now there's something divine about that. It is not human nature. And this is how we will be called disciples. I'm no longer mad at those people who were cautious about allowing yoga into their buildings. I don't think that they're stupid. I'm not rolling my eyes at them. It's not because I agree with them, but because Jesus' words revealed to me that the size of my opinion doesn't matter when compared to the size of his love. Yoga makes some people feel cautious. Big deal. For them, yoga might actually be dangerous. How could I ever know? For me, it happens to be healing. 
instead of concentrating on the disparity and insisting on sameness, I can instead concentrate on the fundamentals. Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose again, and there just might be something about remembering our most elemental truths side by side, remembering that we are children that will make me want to reach for my neighbor's hand and rest my palm on her knee. Sharing something simple might loosen something locked. From the book of Colossians, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is my friend Nikki. We've been friends for six years. Nikki seems to have a keen understanding of how life works. She speaks about it boldly and has the most beautiful red hair you ever did see. With her, I am encouraged in heart, feel completely understood, and better know the mysteries of God. Hey, Nikki. Hey, how are you? <laughs> We've got lots of echo going because we have, we're in downtown Austin, and we have ducked into a little stoop. Um, we're hiding from the people, but also the bees. And the wind. And the wind. I'm in a bright orange dress. It couldn't get any brighter. And Nikki has this beautiful red hair, and we tend to attract insects, as it turns out. <laughs> so we're here in downtown Austin, and um, here to talk about finding inner peace and calm and solitude. And um, what a what, perfect uh, example of that. Right? Yes, exactly. We will create it. Yes. <laughs> Um, so Nikki and I went to yoga school together and just real quick, if I can say that you were absolutely my favorite part of yoga school. Oh my gosh. I a hundred percent agree. Like I carry this forward as like one of, one of the most beautiful parts of that experience for me. Um, okay. But here's what makes me laugh about it. I don't know if you'll remember this, but as we were leaving, we're all saying goodbye. It's this like very emotional you know, very in-depth, two-week-plus experience, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just sharing all aspects of yourself. Mm -hmm. We were leaving, and we're emotional, and you take me by the shoulders, and you say... <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> I'm really excited. I love you so much. You say, Allison, you're my favorite. I had to tell somebody else that they were my favorite, but you're really my favorite. <laughs> Oh, I think that person might know who they were. <laughs> Do you think they're listening? Maybe. Oh, my gosh. But I just loved you. I mean, I loved you from the get-go for sure. Actually, not from the get-go because do you want to know why? Yeah, I do. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have a suspicion. We were trying to arrange housing, and you were not jiggy with the cohabitating. I, um, I, it's, it's funny because in retrospect, I really, really feel that, um, that was a growth opportunity for me that I missed. And it's mostly because honestly, like, I feel like I didn't, um, I, I housed with people in my family, but I didn't yeah. go through college life in a normal way where you mm -hmm. like roommate with people. And so I just didn't know how to share space. Mm -hmm. And it was a growth opportunity that, that, even though I missed the larger part of it, I, I did gain something from that. And I think that I learned that I didn't need to be so particular. Mm -hmm. I, I loved the together time that we ended up having. Yeah. I was 
it was amazing. Yeah. So we all show up at yoga school and we all have to be the exact same places at the exact same time. And so it made sense to live together. And Nikki was just, you know, a little averse to having to share a lot of space. And so we kind of had to wrangle her into this housing situation and letting us, you know, use her car, making her car pull us around. <laughs> she was like the only driver. Wait a minute, now I have to take you guys with me too? <laughs> so we forced her into this roommate situation and I'll never forget it. You, I mean, it was reluctant. I mean, and you weren't even shy about that, which I love. I love your honesty. It's my favorite thing that you lead with. But you gathered us around and you said, guys, I have to tell you something. And you read, I wish I could remember the verse or the, even the book, but you read this verse out of the Bible and you were like, I've just really been convicted that there's a lot to gain from becoming a body and sharing space. And I just need to confess this to y'all that I went into this, you know, kicking and screaming and I've just really gained a lot and thank y'all for being patient with me. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those moments where I really felt like the, the growth that I expected going in was totally different from what I what I ended up walking away with. And there were just so many lessons that God had planted in each of you that mm-hmm. like I ended up walking away with this, like, I mean, and, and not all of those were, like, great interactions. Right, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I do remember that. That's, well, when it's not uncomfortable, we're not changing, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Which, by the way, kind of is a nice little segue into what we were there for was yoga school. And I have drawn throughout my yoga practice so many yoga is like life metaphors. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it just becomes this, you know, this, this beautiful metaphor. But one of them is that if we're not in pain, I mean, in pain is maybe the wrong word. Perhaps it's discomfort. But if we're not at the edge mm-hmm. of our comfort into discomfort... There are really no changes being made. There's no Mm -hmm. gains, really. You know, and so um, I think that, you know, we were kind of living that metaphor while we were learning this yoga practice, too, which Mm -hmm. was just a very beautiful thing. Um, Real quick, I want to tell you one of, um, you know, you and I have gotten together several you know this is a friendship that has extended past yoga school Mm -hmm. we loved each other during yoga school and I think that we giggled probably more than we should oh my gosh yeah I don't even know if I can tell the story that I know I know (laughs) but yeah maybe one day okay Nikki season two yeah season two (laughs) yeah but there were many late nights in the kitchen you know Mm -hmm. just sitting around a kitchen table and think times that I had thought I would protect myself from that Mm -hmm. I I remember fondly like so many awesome memories so here we are in yoga school um giggling and our our friendship has extended past just those two weeks and, and I'm so grateful but one of my favorite things about you in addition to your honesty and how um authentically you entered into someone is interrupting our stoop experience but we're crouched and prepared (laughs) to avoid swinging doors oh my gosh okay and we're probably going to edit all that out but maybe not just because it's the real it's the real deal um so anyways our our friendship has extended past that and um one of my favorite things in addition to how authentically you entered into this uncomfortable relationship for you um, not necessarily with me but just kind of with everyone um is just how 
there's something about um, when you talk, I want to start writing things down. I just think that the way that you analyze um, the events of your life and the events of my life um, <laughs> is, is just, it's very true and it's very honest and it's very real and it's very raw. And if I could find a common denominator between, um, you know, the friendships that I cherish the most, I would say that that's it. Because the truth of the matter is that you and I don't even get to see each other that often. No. I, it's funny because as you say that out loud, I feel like you could be describing the way I feel about you. Ugh. So it's bizarre that you would say that because I do feel like maybe it's just that we resonate so much on the mm -hmm. same level that we're mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, okay, then then this, and we just like we can we can jump off from any given point into like I said earlier, like tangenting from one thing to into an infinite loop of yes. ideas and thoughts and and realizations. Yes. So we just finished dinner and. Nikki, in the, just the most beautiful way, finished our conversation with the way that we started it. And it was just one simple word, Friday. And that's only going to mean something to you and me. <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel like you didn't describe part of the... I mean, Allison was giant pregnant when she came uh, to yoga school. And true. I mean a powerhouse. Like... One of the my favorite memories of you is that like we're we're all like you know just gingerly treating our bodies like these little like temples that could be broken, and Allison's like challenging the teachers to let her do things that none of us were even brave enough to try. She's like, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna headstand. Yeah, get out of my way if I fall over. You oh my gosh. I was like, I'm not sick, I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's okay. You had definite, like, superhuman strength during that time. Like, fearless. I love it. Okay, so Blaze is kind of our wild one. And, um, and so he's who I was pregnant with during yoga school. And so we joke that he spent his, his gestation upside down. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Maybe that is. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so, Nikki, we were there for yoga school. Tell me about what sent you to yoga school. Why were you there? What were you hoping to gain? Um, you know, I think that for me, yoga was like a, it, it, it is so much the exploration of what is going on inside of you and working it out on the mat. And I honestly, I chose Christian yoga school because I felt like I want to be able to practice something that draws me closer to God mm -hmm. and for that time to be meaningful. You know, I mean, I feel like there's, there is so much like time where you're just trying to have no thoughts, but the, the moments where you have these epiphanies and the moments where you're able to draw those, those analogies with life. Um, you know, I had one the other day where I was like, oh my gosh, like my balance poses, my inversions, things are different for me now that I'm at this stage of my life, and it's because I have a firmer foundation mm. in my life yeah. and my yoga practice yeah. as well. Awesome, I love it. And it's, it, it, it's those kinds of things that I think that God reveals them to me while I'm on my mat. And, and so I just really wanted to deepen my practice and understand more about myself and more yeah. about, like, and I wanted it to be, like, a, a meaningful way mm -hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. I think for me, you know, I, I'm introverted by nature, and everybody tries to call me a liar when I say that, but <laughs> it's totally true. Get that. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm I'm an introvert raising a large family for mm -hmm. me as an only child, yeah. relatively, and um, and all of a sudden something became very attractive to this solitude that I was yeah. used to as an only child, and so. 
you know, and all throughout scripture, we see Jesus, you know, sneaking off into the hills and into the mountains to go be alone with the Lord and with a sink full of dishes and, you know, a mountain of laundry and a scarcity of mountains to sneak into. I can't rightly, you know, just go do that. But what I can do is carve out some time to be alone with God on my Mm -hmm. mat. And you're right. It's where these truths come. I think that in this solitude, we kind of remember things we already know. Right. You know, there's that, but then there's the discovery factor, which is equally beautiful. And my latest one has been, um, you know, pain doesn't last long. Right. Either, either our body gives in and we become stronger or something changes. Mm-hmm. And it's like pain is not something insurmountable. And I think that that's to be like, this is projection maybe, but like you can be in pain for as long as you let yourself yes. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have an injury and you don't address it, then you're going to continue to feel that pain. If you, right. if you don't push past the pain and grow through it, or if mm-hmm. you sit in it, like it's all a choice. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Because all we have is this present moment. Mm-hmm. It's like as much as we might you know, dwell in the past. It's not ours. We can only leave that in the trusting hands of a father. Mm -hmm. And as much as we might like to, um, plan and control the future, the -hmm. truth of the matter is that anything could change it Mm -hmm. and control uncertainty or myths. And so all as we have, all we have is this present moment to accept what is Mm -hmm. and what isn't. And so I've just found, um, for me, you know, regarding pain or suffering or struggle or loneliness or anything that the world tends to throw at you, it's just been this really um, safe space to calmly accept whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to love the moment enough to just let it be whatever it is. That's right. Like, that's cherishing it. And that's interior freedom. I feel like there's so much freedom in that. Like, okay, so yeah, there's this sin, but I'm not crushed by it. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, there's this um, relationship that's that's dissolved, but I'm I'm perfectly loved by the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's just all this this quiet space to calmly accept what is. I agree. I think that there's there's moments where you don't get quiet enough to hear those things, except for, you know, the the spaces that you can create, and you know, it's it's a really productive, yeah, <laughs> way to it's find efficient, space. right? Yeah, yeah. Now, what about bringing Christianity into your yoga? Um, for me, I found that the yoga community was kind of skeptical of you know the the Christian aspect yeah. and then the Christian community was skeptical of the yoga aspect how have you balanced the two in your teaching or otherwise you know I found that um, that for me like I think that there's there's not enough draw for Christian yoga because there just hasn't been enough of it for people mm-hmm. to know that that really exists so the the Christian community ends up going to more uh, secular studios and feeling a little bit more turned off by that because they um, because they don't realize that that's uh, that that's not the way that it has to be and and to be totally honest I feel like there are things that that you can definitely uh, be affected by and you have to be aware where your weaknesses are and and I recognize that there are people that are that are not capable of going and 
hearing certain things and Mm -hmm. being drawn into a different kind of spirituality. I recognize that. I've never felt that myself, Mm -hmm. and so I don't feel afraid to engage in that. Um, I guess for me, it's like if I meet with God on my mat, whatever location I'm in, it's happening for me. And like that space is protected for me. Am I? Yeah. So I, and I think that, that there's this missed opportunity by the church Mm -hmm. to not take advantage of the fact that, you know, the world is doing this either way. It's a, it's not a religion, it's a methodology and you can combine it with spirituality and make it more rich. And you can combine your particular spirituality with it and you capture this community that's searching for spirituality anyway. That's right. You're just, it's this huge sect of people that are, are searching and they're open and they're asking, that's right. what, what should I have in my heart? Yeah. And, and they're the right people to approach. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. Because, you know, I used to be, um, I was really close-fisted about it and angry because of how clearly I saw it all just the things that you're talking about. And so I think I came back into my community with my dukes up a little bit um, in this really defensive mode of, no, this is something that our community needs, and that wasn't really useful. And so I think everything that that you just said is kind of where I eventually got to, but um, I think I needed to respect those people who did feel cautious, where Mm -hmm. I I wasn't initially. And so where the way that we are differently gifted, I think that Mm -hmm. there's a possibility that we're also differently convicted. And so if someone's feeling cautious about that, that it's just not my say to say you're being ridiculous. That doesn't have anything to do with me. That is between them and the Lord. And Mm -hmm. so it took a a couple of years of maturity for me to to see it that way instead of defend what I thought was very beautiful. but, you know, as, as far as, um, you know, that sacred space and that missed opportunity, I think a lot of people are searching. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of people that are looking for quiet mm-hmm. and, um, and seeking God in that quiet. And what an opportunity that would be to, um, you know, reach them where they're already tender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think there's just there's so too much dogma about the way that we're supposed to be Christian, about the way that we're supposed to be yogis. And it's like... My sister always says, you know, like, no downward dogma. Like, let's just drop it all. Let's yes. all just, like, get back to <laughs> yeah. we're in this experience and be in the experience and don't let it be about more than that. Like, bring into it what you need. But that kind of takes us back to that fully present thing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be fully present mm-hmm. and let's breathe and let's appreciate our bodies and mm-hmm. let's give thanks to a creator oh, and yeah. let's allow music in this space. And mm-hmm. and so, in a way, I think it's reclaiming. Yeah. This is reclaiming something that has belonged to our God all along. Mm-hmm. So I had so many, when I came Beautiful. back into our community and tried to, you know, take it into churches or whatever and was promptly turned away, yeah. um, I had all these very clever arguments and I could go toe-to-toe with people about, you know, why it was silly or um, or why their, their cautions were, um, didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but that was probably my bottom line is that these things have been our gods all along. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of this moving physical prayer. We're so physical. God, God gave us our bodies, mm-hmm. and so to praise Him with that seems innocuous to me. Um, mm-hmm. But the operative part of that is probably to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the people that are seeking and the people that need it the most are probably not the people you were talking to, which is funny. It's like, right? right? So they're the ones that you, they're the, the target market. You think you're going to go into a, a space and teach other Christians Christian yoga. Well, maybe really the, the goal is finding the lost and loving on the lost that, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I ha- I'll yeah. tell you what, that's a, that's a conviction of mine as I you know, kind of discern what my calling is and what it, you know, is staying in my lane and, and, and running with whatever it is the Lord has me to do is, is that, you know, it's this evangelization versus discipleship and blessing the blessed versus reaching the lost. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) It's taffy. You're pulled in every different direction. I love it. Taffy. Spiritual taffy. Yeah. (laughs) And your heart can feel a million different things too. I feel like I, I can feel um, compelled to give in a certain way or to love in a certain way and to do in a certain way. Yeah. And there's just not enough time in the day to do all this. So what is God doing with you through your yoga practice right now? Oh, gosh. I feel like those kinds of things that I was talking about, like the personal growths. I, I, uh, you know, I've recently moved to Austin uh, in the last couple of years. And um, prior to that, I went and lived on a commune. Where yes, I the commune. Um, I wanted yes. to insert myself into your commune so oh bad. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a uh, it, it was a very spiritual place and not in a positive way necessarily. Mm. Um, and I felt a lot of spiritual warfare while I was there. If I'm being totally honest, it was not easy for me to connect with people because people were searching and it was not. I didn't feel strong. Mm. Um, I did make beautiful friends and had mm. a great time in a lot of ways, but. Um, that time for me was this separation between um, a se- an old part of my <laughs> of my life and this new part of my life, and it was a really great like uh, palate cleanser for mm. me to really take stock and just appreciate like every little bit. And I was teaching yoga there; it was mm. a yoga uh, retreat center, um, and it was a commune. People, just to clarify, people did live there. It, for their, like, if, if you worked, like, I taught yoga and I organized yoga festivals and I, my stay was free. Um, and so, you know, that, that launch from, from leaving home and moving here took so much, you know, we've talked about this before, but took so much for me to leap into that, that, like, every time I get on my mat and I see myself do something new, I know that it's because God gave me the strength to do this crazy commune thing and then move here and do the things that I felt were so like I had so many fears to get to this place that like the fears of am I going to fall out of handstand or you know can I master scorpion like those things are less scary to me now and every time I nail something I swear to you I I fall like hands and face down on the mat and I say thank you Jesus Uh and it's just this union between him and I where I I just feel like he's encouraging me there and he's showing me that I'm strong and Mm. even in in, you know I watch my students learn and I'm like your body is strong what you just did is amazing it doesn't have to be those kinds of things it's like every little bit I'm thankful for my body and I'm thankful for the time that he has shown me what I'm capable of I love it so much it's just an embodiment it's this remembering I am powerful because I felt powerful as a young person, and somewhere along the way, powerful became wrapped up in something worldly. Yeah. And it just kind of takes me back to this very primitive, yeah. 
of just like me, my body, and God. Yeah. Yeah. No audience. You and your mat. That's right. No space. Oh, I love yeah. it. There's a purity there, isn't there? Yeah. How about you? Um, you know, I have I'm 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 thick in the middle of parenthood, and so for me there's a discipline to carving out quiet space. And so um, I think that when I you know, was maybe trying to prove to myself that my body was still mine, like yoga school, mm -hmm. you know, yes. I'm pregnant and I'm like, no, let me do the, the handstand. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I think that I've kind of come to terms with that. Like my body is mine again. Yeah. And so, whereas before I was really trying to push myself to my furthest edge physically, mm -hmm. I think now it's, there's a peacefulness involved. And yeah. so, um, and it's really just about these phases of life and what it is we're craving at the time. And yeah. for me, it's solitude. Yeah. You know, um, so really just carving out uh, prayer time mm -hmm. and silence and resting under the tender gaze of a father who loves me just as I am. Yeah. I love the way that you put that. Like, it's about what you're craving at the time. It's so, um, like, I hate to say the word diplomatic, but it's, it's, it is, it's, but it's really what I'm trying to get to is like, it's so non-judgmental, mm -hmm. you know, like it really allows for a lot of room. For each eat. individual yeah, person. It's exactly. so individual, right? Yeah. And, every, and that's the thing about teaching, as you know, is that everybody's there for a different reason. Mm -hmm. And so I tell them all the time during class, it's like, you know if your body needs a break today. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What My right side's different than my left side. <laughs> my 9 a.m. practice is different than my 9 p.m. practice. That's beautiful. I it's, just, yes. Yeah. I love it so much. And, 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 and the flip side of, you know, if you need a break today is, you know, if you need to prove yourself, you're strong totally. today. Yes. <laughs> Don't slack off. That's right. When you can push. And how much wisdom is there in, let's not look side to side here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not about where somebody else got to. You don't know their journey. You don't know what they've done to get to that. And don't put yourself through, you know, years of practice to, to have this moment of image. Yeah, exactly. And so if <laughs> I choose to spend 30 minutes in child's pose, yes. we're just all going to trust that sister needs 30 minutes in child's pose today. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's like I, I had, I wrote this article on, on uh, props and for the longest time I had judgment about props. It's like all parts of life, like getting help. Yeah. Such a great Ooh. metaphor. And I just started to realize, you know what? Props make me better. Mm. And I love props for the support that they offer me and the, the way that they can help me align. Mm. And there are things about props that I think that I thought were wrong. Like, oh, only beginners use that. And I'm right. like, no, actually, when you know your limitations and you know where you need a little bit of support, you're going to grow into a better alignment. You're going to have a better strength. And you're going to eventually get to that place without the prop, probably, because you allowed yourself the time to have it and so there's times in life I think where you need a little bit of support and you allow yourself that and then you get stronger and you don't need that support anymore I love it so much yoga is like life friends yes <laughs> thank you Nikki for sharing your journey with us and I love our night together well thank you for showing me what it is to be a, a sister friend like truth I mean Really, I, I couldn't have imagined finding the gem that I found in you mm. in yoga school. It really, like, I can't even, there aren't words for it. Oh, and I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yahweh Yoga. Yeah. All the way. We're sisters. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Signing off.
And now a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Signs Cleaning. Signs Cleaning, quality commercial cleaning that suits your company's budget. Call 979-260-3160 for a complimentary bid. Signs Cleaning, we don't cut corners, we clean them. And Nightingale Pest Solutions, providing effective, ecologically conscientious strategies that promote healthful and pleasant pest-free environments for homeowners and businesses across the Brazos Valley. Nightingale Pest Solutions, exemplary service, extraordinary care. My best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers, but that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend, evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend Kristen, and your questions. Hyperventilating. Hi, BP. Hi, BP. So one of my very favorite things about our beef hood is that it's been constant. There has never been a time that we were out of touch or grew apart or went through a weird phase or um, weren't very close. Except for that time he deserted me and moved across the world to Japan. Oh, that. I mean. But you're, you're actually right, though. We kept in touch as well as we could without having handheld computers. And I came to visit and you came home for the weekend for my wedding. Um, like I was going to miss it. <laughs> I think we've always been good about being connected, even when it's hard. Um, remember when I went to Spain in um, college? I went for a semester, <laughs> and you sent me a mixtape, which can still make me ball because it was so like I had a really hard time there. And every single night, I fell asleep listening to the mixtape that my beefy, <laughs> as opposed to my boyfriend, made for me. And I still can like hear those songs from 20 years ago and cry thinking about how special they were that Aww. you sent them to me. And that oh, that's really me. cool. Okay, well, here's something that could make me ball is like as far as being away or being. Um, you know, not very connected physically to you because we do like to be connected yeah. at the hip. Was um, I wasn't around? I was in Japan when you were really falling in love. When you and Mike were getting really serious, and so oh, well, I that never was really hard. About that. Yeah. Did Did you picture? I mean, did he surprise you when you met him? Um. Yes. Yes, he did. You had never dated anyone like Mike, and so. Um, but I, one of my favorite things about Mike is that I'm still getting to know him. And I knew everything that I needed to know about him was was obvious immediately, which was that he was incredibly generous and kind, and he thought the world of you. And so everything else is just really kind of still fun. Like, you can think that you have Mike Kelly pegged, and, you know, that he's just the nice guy, you know, at the party, content to listen and smile and nod. And, and then you know, he'll all of a sudden clear the living room floor and teach the party how to Dougie, so. <laughs> He's a total sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, my favorite is when our husbands get together. Sometimes we have family sleepovers, and uh, when our husbands get together after the kids have gone to sleep and we turn on Pandora and um, watch them dance and sink. I mean, have we ever been prouder? It's keeping us at its finest. It is. It totally is. I mean, maybe we'll be as proud if our kids ever dance and sing, but for now, the husbands are. It's not quite backyard barbecues, but... Um, okay, so our question today has to do with inner peace. Here's the question. I'm the type that has a hard time slowing down. Amen. When I lay down at night, my mind races. Have you found anything helpful that allows you to rest well or transition into sleep without going through all the things you didn't get finished in a day? This is 
perfectly timely because just last night, if I'm lying, I'm dying, we, I had fallen asleep already and my husband was finishing watching the news and then he turned off the TV and rolled over and was like, I'm going out of town this weekend. And he goes, uh, what time is that birthday party on Saturday? And I literally flipped over and raised my voice and was like, no, no, we are not going to talk about schedule because if I start scheduling right now, I will never, ever fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, I think really like and just in that is the quietest and stillest time of the day and I just pray and um and sometimes not very long because yeah. I fall asleep because I find that um peaceful quiet that I haven't had the rest of the day mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that and I think God's okay with that totally I do I think we give ourselves a hard time about you know falling asleep while praying but I love when my kids fall asleep on me mm-hmm. that's one of my very favorite things about parenthood I think it's probably just fine um <laughs> So, um, a good one for me is reading. Yeah. Um, I love to read. And so it's nice to kind of crack open something and think about someone else's thoughts mm. instead of my own. I yeah. I wish I did that. I need to try to do that more. Um, actually <laughs> Seth and I have been practicing yoga together lately before bed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like is... in your bedroom, just the two of you. <laughs> that is rude. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it is actually kind of a disaster. You know how in yoga there are those moments when oh everyone's breath is in sync and everyone's moving together. Yes, everyone yes. seems to know what's coming next. It's like we're all going to the same place, experiencing the same thing. And that feeling of connectedness in the room and it's so peaceful, just yes. existing together. You're with me? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and okay. then there's Seth. And Seth tramples on them. He totally, he is completely obscene. He moans and groans and grunts and farts. <laughs> And then gets totally indignant if I laugh or make fun of him or roll my eyes or give up completely. He's like, there is no way you didn't have to sign an oath to not laugh at your students. There's no way. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just had the craziest thought. What if Mike and Seth showed up to one of your yoga classes? Oh, please. I would for sure think I was being punked. (laughs) Uh, Well, we might need to make that happen. Uh, 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 uh-uh. So, um... Okay, answer to a listener. Maybe we read a bit, read pray a, bit, a bit, pray a bit, stretch a bit, stretch a little. No <laughs> husbands. Your, a little short yoga flow without your husband. <laughs> without your sure. husband. All right, signing off. Bye, beef. Bye, beef. Lubella is my friend from junior high. She won every science fair there ever was. We lost touch for a while until Facebook intervened. And now that we're reunited, it is all my pleasure to log on and see Lubell win the internet day after day. October 1st, 2016. I go to 7 a.m. Mass during the week frequently. Not because I'm a good Catholic. No need to laugh that loud because you already knew that. But because I have self-diagnosed ADD and Mass is my daily Ritalin. When I feel stresses of life or internalize the troubles or sadness of loved ones, Mass gives me 22 minutes on God's therapy leather couch and allows me to focus on priorities and attempt to bring grace to my day. It's an intimate group of the same people who go to Mass at sunrise, and I see the familiar faces there every time. One of them is an older woman named Mimi who has bopped around between local shelters and her friends' and family's homes after hitting a bump in the road during an awful divorce, job loss, and addiction. I only know this because my church welcomes the most diverse group of people who come in off the street or from the park to worship even though they may not be Catholic or dressed in their Sunday best. 
and when discussing the coolness of this to another parishioner, she gave me Mimi's story as an example. Wednesday morning I went to Mass, and as always, we got to the prayers of the faithful. This is the part of the service where we ask for the needs of the church community, those who are sick, have died, their families, etc. The priest will say something like, for the poor, homeless, and are suffering, and everyone will say, Lord, hear our prayer. We went through the list like we have done since I was taken to Mass from the cradle, asking petitions for our nation, people who serve the church, specific folks who are currently ill, and everyone answers, Lord, hear our prayer. At the end of the list, the priest asks us for us, asks for us to pray for our own personal intentions. Out of nowhere, Mimi yells, I got a job in my own apartment. Lord heard my prayer. Thank you. Everyone looked around a bit shocked, but all of us smiling. The sweet silver-haired lady who sits on the very first pew and always smiles like my grandma said loudly, My grandson turned three Monday. Lord heard my prayer. A man in the back row yelled, My diabetes is better, and I don't have to take shots. Lord heard my prayer. There was a chorus of more joyful pronouncements, and not to be left behind, I said, My family and friends make me happy, and the flowers I planted in my backyard are still alive. Lord heard my prayer. Prayers of the faithful turned into thanks from the faithful that morning due to Mimi. She was standing there and thought to herself, why ask for something more? I need to proclaim out loud in front of everyone that I was blessed with exactly what I needed. Despite my mostly humorous posts about going to church, how my mom's Catholicism was making me chuckle, and my favorite hashtag, hashtag praise, my faith and spirituality is something I hold close and quiet by, because I respect all of yours so deeply. But that morning, that morning it reminded me that we take and ask and hope. But man, be a Mimi and sometimes take a moment to say, I prayed, you heard me, and I am immensely grateful. From the book of Hebrews, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. I teach at the women's prison in my neighborhood where week after week I learn that they are just like me and I am just like them. When it is quiet, I remember. When things get quiet, my mind travels back to a time when I was young. I recall times of happiness, ease, family gatherings, holidays, church. I heard about God, how He loved us, and I believed that then. When we went to church as a family, I believed that. But then things changed. My parents became different. They fought all the time and left me alone to take care of my siblings. They were out until late, and I was responsible for getting us kids to school on time. My parents locked themselves in their bedroom for hours on end. It took me years to realize that they were on drugs. They left. I stayed home. They ignored us. I raised our family. 
My mom went out to clubs. My dad locked me in the room with him. I don't remember much after that. When things get quiet, I have to make myself quit remembering. So I talk to God instead. And when it's quiet, I hear my prayers, begging God for understanding and guidance and mercy. I need mercy. The God I heard about when I was young loves me no matter what and is always with me. I remember that and I know that when it is quiet. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of Dear God, freedom is at the very center of our spiritual lives, and you long for us to be free. But along the way, we have picked up and carried one thing after another that binds us to this world. We experience trial after trial, difficult relationships, demanding jobs. We have unmet expectations, unexplained illnesses, despite every difficult situation that we will never be freed from. You have told us that. We do have deep inside a place of freedom that no unrest can take away because you are the source. Help us, God, to find you there in the stillness. Increase our desire to carve out protected time to meet with you. We go about our days and adhere to our lengthy to-do lists and tell our friends with a small degree of pride how busy we are when they ask us how we've been. Help us, God, to put aside the fast-paced ways of this world that never stop to rest with you. Help us to be still and to know that you are God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lost in his love, this is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And for this episode, a special thank you to Empower Fitness, where I practice Yahweh Yoga, Nightingale Pest Solutions, Signs Cleaning, Sick Pilgrim Blog on Pathios, Miranda Walachowski, Pamela Anthony Cutright, Lubel Cruz Gaelic, Nikki Humphrey, Kristen Kelly, and Chan Redfield for music. <laughs>